What the If is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. And thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to What the If. Extra Dangerous Edition. Silent But If. <laughs> that could be a title. Um, I'm Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, and uh, our uh, fearless leader, Matthew Stanley, professor of, uh, of uh, historian of science, uh, is off again uh, battling uh, issues in the timeline of science. Or, Gabby, where you said uh, I think you have a better idea where he may be. Oh, yeah. I like to imagine that he's in some sort of supervillain volcano. Yes. Like one of those sort of layers doing really complicated experiments that don't actually do anything. They just sort of look impressive and intimidating. <laughs> That's very much what I'm imagining. And they have the thing with the wires and the, and the spark running up. The, the Jacob's Ladder, I believe it's called. The thing that goes... Zzz, zzz, zzz. Mm -hmm. Yep. You gotta one of those bad boys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, shout out to Matt if you're listening, if you're able to hear. I assume you can hear because I, I think the... Uh, the lab or the uh, sensor devices inside the uh, secret lab are omni omnipotent, omniscient. Yes. Um, with us, though, is also fearless co-leader uh, Gabby Panicia, virologist from Rockefeller University. How how is it on campus this morning? It's really nice. I mean, it's it's a pretty warm day in New York City, yeah. and. Uh, there's like this really nice stretch outside of campus where all the trees have turned their really nice fall color. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's it's just like nice. Like even like working in the tissue culture room, like I can look out the windows at Roosevelt Island and mm -hmm. there's like a huge line of trees that are just nice fall colors. It makes it a little bit nicer as you're working. You just like look outside and be like, oh, it's pretty out. And then you go back, back to work. <laughs> I love that image of tissue cultures in peak fall colors. That's really. Yeah. You, I should you know, can go leaf popping, culture. leaf pop, leaf popping, leaf peeping. Yes, <laughs> I feel like I should note, just in case nobody's heard me say this before, tissue culture is not. I'm not growing tissues. Like I'm not like oh. you know carefully cultivating like a Kleenex plant. It's right. <laughs> uh, me culturing cells in a petri dish, basically. Okay, okay, okay. I thought tissue culture might be uh, Kleenex um, performing at the symphony or something. You know, that would be really. <laughs> Really out there. All right, we're already off the already off the deep end here um, because we've gone leaf popping, <laughs> leaf mm -hmm. peeping. Um, we have a special uh, uh, email that has arrived uh, from yet yet another uh, of our, I would say, newest listener, but actually someone who's been listening to a lot of our shows. Let's go to the mailbag. Yes, and as this music couldn't do a worse job of uh, indicating we are going to uh, Sweden. I mean, different, I don't know. I don't have any Swedish. What is, what would Swedish music be? I don't even know. Um, but uh, what we find in the mailbag today is an uh, email from Space Viking. And Space Viking writes, um, Hello, fellow Thinkwanauts. 
That's that's kind of cool. Synchronots. Uh, yes, it's a reference. Now he says, yes, it's a reference. I watch my fair amount of cartoons. Gabby, do you, is, nope, do you know what he's not one I know. It's like, it might like be a very region, might be a region-specific cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Viking, let us know what, what reference we're already missing out on right away. Uh, although for me to miss a pop culture reference is pretty much par for the course. But uh, for Gabby to miss one, that's, that's really an odd situation. So um, Space Viking continues. I have, since the end of July, plowed through all your 327 episodes, which is impressive. I didn't even know we had that many or what the number was. Um, and uh, they, he or she, they say, uh, missed a few that, was all, that were already removed when I found this pod. There's a whole funny story about the first 10 episodes, which are hidden, locked away in a vault somewhere. Um, <laughs> so 327 episodes episodes exist and then there are 10 missing ones uh with great amusement and brain numbing result excellent uh first i must commend the ability that all of you possess to conjure facts fitting in every if with remarkable speed and accuracy hmm. thank you speed yes accuracy yeah here there uh, that's that Matt and Gabby do that. I, I do my best to derail things. With that said, allow me to introduce myself. Thank you. My name is Space Viking, and I live in the very middle of Sweden between the two lakes. Before I stipulate the parameter of my first if suggestion, so Space Viking is sending us a uh, suggestion for an if, which I remind those of you who are listening uh, that you too can send in. Uh, your ideas for an if, and uh, maybe we'll read them on the air and possibly run with them, as is about to happen with Space Viking. I continue. Before I stipulate, the Space Viking says, before I stipulate the parameter of my first if suggestion, I would like to present some feedback and suggestions to the podcast. Okay. So, Gabby, some, we have some critiques here. We, we take all notes. Um, the post-show conversation, this is genius, the post-show conversation, which is reserved for patrons. So we have a membership program called Patreon, patreon.com slash what the if. Those of you who are Patreon supporters, who are members of our program, you get all kinds of bonus material, including a whole show that we do just for uh, Patreon listeners. And I, we have had different names for it over the uh, year or so that we've been doing this. The current name of the show is The Post Show. Uh, and I have struggled with this, right? Um, Space Viking suggests the post-show conversation reserved for patrons should in my name, in my mind, be named Beyond the If. I think that's fantastic. I think, what do you think about that, Gabby? Beyond yeah, the If. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good one. It's quite good, Beyond the If. Now, uh, now Space Viking uh, has a note for Gabby. In the episode Bees Control the Weather... Gabby asked for the listeners to suggest a name of her company whose purpose was to earn uh, profit from the bee's unique ability. Uh, the name that Gabby uh, was looking for might be Let There Be Rain. That's clever. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, and, now, and now Space Viking throws down the gauntlet to uh, another one of our most super, super ifers and longtime listeners and supporters. Space Viking says, you have a mass of followers, but one in particular promoted a challenge. And so, Bill, says Space Viking, Bill, I'm up for the challenge. Bill, you have just been fingered by the Space Viking, who says... Don't phrase I, it like that. 
Sorry. That's a Swedish term. <laughs> you have been uh you you have been hailed. Uh I've got about sixty-five <laughs> space making says I have sixty-five if suggestions in line to be presented to the podcast. All right. And then he says some uh, a phrase, I'm not sure what this means. Attent tour. Are you familiar with that, Gary? That's that's some sort nope. of uh, another Swedish or French thing. Um, anyway, Space Viking mentions that when we have guests, that's uh, among their favorite kinds of shows. And I agree. I think we need to uh, step up our guest game. We've been lacking in that. Um, and uh, Space Viking also uh, has appreciated the utilization of ChatGPT for episodes in which uh, my co-hosts are, uh, as Space Viking calls it, on quests to postpone Ragnarok. <laughs> I like that phrasing. <laughs> That's pretty good. Now onwards to the ifs. Okay, so now here we go. This is uh, um, Space Viking is going to be sending us many, many ifs, and we look forward to seeing those. They didn't include them, and in the, it was a tease. There's a tease in here. It's very good about that. But here's an if, and this is a special one, and this is going to end uh, the reading of Space Viking's uh, letter here in spectacular fashion. Um. He says, uh, I have 65 ifs queued to be sent for your amusement. However, here's the first one that I'm going to read of the, of the many he has. And he says, what the if? Actually, we, we need the music here. So I'm going to start the music. Get ready. Uh, uh, Gabby, I'm about to play the music. What should people do? In, in, I didn't give them much warning, so, but they need to hurry and get their uh, safety protocols in order. What's, what's happening? Yeah. What, what? Buckle up. We're changing something about the universe as a whole. So uh, don whatever protective equipment you think appropriate, and we'll see if you make it out by the end of the episode. And I think the papper, just tell them what the papper is, which I believe That's is the most important. That's a bad one for this one. No, this is a really <laughs> no bad papper. one for this one, Phil. There's context for that. Okay. Papper is a fan belt. Uh, it's <laughs> like for personal air filtration. Right. Uh, I'll explain why a little bit later. I think post being post in, if introduction about why it's a very bad idea. <laughs> exactly. So get ready, safety goggles on, hazmat suit on. Do not don your pepper. Put your pap. Keep your pepper in the locker. As we ask, what the if? What the if? Flatulence possessed lethal properties. Oh my goodness. Space Viking throwing down the gauntlet. He's a, he's, and this is a challenge to Bill, our longtime super ifer. He's saying, you know, Bill, you think your ifs are good. Here's mine. What the if flatulence possessed lethal properties? Um, ChatGPT, there's something, you, uh, it's a very popular thing to ask ChatGPT, um, and that is explain it to me like I'm five, right? And so for those who are, Five. Um, what is what is flatulence? You know, maybe we have some people listening who don't know what that is. They might think this is some deeply scientific term, and you know, there's a lot of depth here. Well, yeah. one to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, flatulence is just sort of a nicer, more I guess formal way of saying farts, <laughs> uh, which are essentially in the process of your food being digested. You know. In as it passes, so actually, maybe I should go into this a little bit. Digestion is sort of a process that I think we don't really understand. You think your stomach does most of the digestion, and in fact, it's kind of more of your intestines. Your stomach oh. sort of breaks everything down in like smaller chunks and makes the nutrients like more accessible. But actually, as far as like 
getting those nutrients out. That's all sort of done in your intestines. And in your gut, um, there's a whole host of bacteria. This is what people call, you know, the microbiome that you've probably heard a lot come in as like a buzzword. Um, And so these bacteria are also helping to, you know, break down everything in there. Uh, But the process of both you and all of these bacteria breaking things down is that you kind of sometimes get a stank. And so the the gases build up either from, you know, you just, you know, inhaled air from you breathing, from gases from digestion, and then you fart. Uh, So there's usually an accompanying sound. uh, But I think what Bill is sort of not Bill, not Bill Space actually Viking. for once this time. <laughs> Space Viking, apologies. I can't, <laughs> can't misattribute our ifs. Uh, what, what Space Viking is saying this time is that, you know, what if we cranked silent but deadly, I think, up to the 11th <laughs> degree? Sort of that term for a fart you don't hear, but that smells terrible. Uh, but what if it could actually kill somebody? I think that this is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is hysterical. Um, and, uh, uh, to be fair, so also I just want to point out kind of a little bit of a wider context um, that I didn't read this part of the e- the email from Space Viking was that he was saying I have sixty five ifs that range from the sort of more simple like this one to the much more abstract and complex, and he has another one that's at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So lest you think, oh my god, this show has gone in the toilet. Mm. Um, it, we, there's there's a much more high minded episode coming in the future. Nonetheless, I do th- I do think this is genius, and um, I think the best science is done sometimes from by people who are willing to ask the really simple or really basic questions. Is, w- would you agree? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not mm. well. Like like you know. Um, uh, Einstein saying, uh, you know, what is gravity? For instance, this thing that's just sort of everywhere and Mm. someone's willing to sort of dive in and and, uh, take a look at that. Um, uh, Or it begins with maybe the early, early days of science where where all questions were unanswered. And so, you know, Galileo had to do things like uh, figure out um, how does gravity work or, you know, what happened... When you drop a ball from the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa... When you drop two balls from the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa... Does the heavier ball hit the ground first? You know, these sort of very, very basic, mm. simple, everyday things that turn out to be incredibly uh, important um, and would lead all the way to eventually Einstein. Um, but yeah, okay, so getting from <laughs> going back from Einstein to... Um, farts um, now. Farts. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were deadly um, is quite interesting because... Uh, if they were deadly, let's assume they were deadly. They've always been deadly, right? Um, we can go back quite a ways in time, and uh, there must humans must have evolved something to protect ourselves from it, right? In other words, what what would happen if this if this emerged in the ecosystem where farts were deadly? Um, we wouldn't be here today if they were truly. Uh, deadly if humans had not developed some sort of defense mechanism around it? Uh, Well, I guess it depends what we're thinking of, right? Right. Um, Is this uh, an area of effect? Uh, (laughs) Lethality? (laughs) Or is this a little bit more directional? Uh, So I think part of what I'm thinking of is sort of immediately linking to animal kingdom examples. 
Um, so snakes, there are some species of snakes, hognose snakes, that uh, fart as a defense mechanism, essentially. Um, wait, wait it, a second. First of all, the fact that snakes fart at all is news to me. So Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know if it's... So because of the specific defense mechanism, I don't know how often snakes just pass gas to begin with. Right. Uh, and I feel like if anybody in the audience, like, has a snake, please let me know, because that will, that's something fascinating to add to my repertoire of knowledge yeah. I did not have before. Uh, but You don't yeah, want snakes, for, snakes farting on a plane would be bad. I mean, <laughs> oh, in closed spaces, yeah, yeah. It's just not really a great move. Um, but yeah, it's the tech, more technical term is cloacal popping. So essentially, like, you know, snakes have a cloaca that's, like, both their, uh, it's, both holes for the snake. Um, and so they kind of release an air bubble and that like kind of startles predators. The idea is to give them just enough time to ex escape. The, the predator is like, what the hell is that? Um, and then they can, you know, go and, you know, dart off and, and then yeah. escape. Um, but there are some more offensive rear end defense systems. And that I'm thinking the bombardier beetle. Uh, yep. I've definitely talked about bombardier beetles before uh, on the show, but they essentially release... Uh, two like chemicals in their abdomen and then like it combines and sort of makes this like basically boiling reaction mixture that like ejects from their butt basically and uh you know strikes any potential predator um so it apparently can be fatal to attacking insects but it is not in a conventional sense, a fart. It's it's its own adaptation that just happens to be released near the butt. Well, yeah, and the, and the funny thing about this is, uh, among the many funny things about this, um, these these sound like intentional farts. You know, like I'm going to mm -hmm. defend myself. Um, whereas, which again, humans may may develop. There may be. I don't. I don't know. I may have had roommates in college who in, did intentional. Parts. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, we probably mm -hmm. all have. Um, yeah. And, and not necessarily, as, not as a defensive measure, but as an offensive measure, literally to be offensive. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the idea that you could accidentally kill people <laughs> with your farts is pretty interesting. I'm imagining a scene, for instance, in, you know, in chemistry classrooms, you've got the, uh, you've, you've got, you know, the regular seats where you sit and while the teacher's talking, and then you have like lab benches, let's say in the back of the room or whatever. Mm. And then there's also a eye wash station and a shower, right? And all this kind of stuff. If you spill something, I imagine that like you could have this, I don't know, some sort of booth that if you're suddenly going to fart and while your teacher is lecturing, you know, you just have to run back into the, uh, the fart booth. Yes, you don't kill everybody in the lecture hall. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you bring up chemistry class because there was something that I was thinking of when Space Viking proposed this. And yeah. it's a chemical called thioacetone. So thiols are, are sort of like, they're sulfur molecules, basically. They, they are an organosulfur compound. Um, that's sort of just a fancy way of saying like it's it's got carbon, like a chain of carbon, which is sort of like what we call like organic chemistry, if you've heard that term. Mm. Um, and it's got a sulfur on it. And sulfurs are notoriously stinky little atoms. And they could combine into some molecules that are really, really, really stank at very low concentrations. And so there's one called thioacetone, which is kind of considered like one of like the worst smelling 
compounds human beings have ever made. Um, it's, I've heard, I've seen actually somebody make it and then go run around and like show it to people and see what they thought. And so upon smelling this thing, it's apparently followed by cases of like nausea, vomiting, and unconsciousness. And apparently the effect radius is about half a mile. Um, so it's, it's, apparently people have described this smell as like fearful. Uh, huh. There's a really great account that's uh, recorded from some of the research, uh, some of the researchers in Oxford who were working on this in like the late 60s. Uh, and so I'll read a quote from that because I think it's just really funny. Uh, Recently, we found ourselves with an odor problem beyond our worst expectations. During early experiments, a stopper jumped from a bottle of residues and although replaced at once, resulted in an immediate complaint of nausea and sickness from colleagues working in a building 200 yards away. Oh, 200 yards wow. is about 180 meters. Yeah. Um, so even though it's not deadly, uh, it has caused some pretty bad side effects. Yeah. Um, I remember one day in high school, uh, th- there was someone... It turned out to be a stink bomb or something, something, and someone mm-hmm. intentionally, right, whatever, let off something. And it, they had to evacuate the entire school because yeah. whatever was in this, uh, in this stuff. Now, now, might there be a, is there some sort of, I don't know, evolutionary or some sort of, is there some adaptation? Is this an, ad, in other words, did we develop this incredible revulsion to this chemical out of some adaptation, like is that chemical dangerous to us beyond the fact that it stinks? Or no, so so this is an interesting thing about smell, right? So it's if I understand correctly, some of the stinky parts of a fart are other organo sulfur com- combos. So there's some methane, but apparently not everybody produces methane. Mm-hmm. And then there's some hydrogen compounds. And essentially, you're getting at low parts per million these other these other molecules that are just extremely stinky. Mm. And so at even low concentrations, they're able to smelling pretty bad. I think to some extent, some of it is a natural revulsion. If you have something that smells like excrement, you don't, we have a revulsion to that so that we do not consume our own excrement perhaps. That's kind of what I'm thinking of as far as like the wiring goes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but that doesn't change the fact that there are some things that can smell so much worse or so much more potent yeah. uh, than just what's normally biologically produced that we could have an extremely averse reaction to it. Yeah. So that might be an example of sort of um, the idea that not everything that happens, every, let's say everything evolves through evolution. Um, that's just the process that's going on. Uh, but not every one of those things is some perfect um, meaningful or, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It, it's like, you know, magic mushrooms didn't evolve so that we could eat them, but <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that there happens to be something in there that affects us. Right, um, right. So it, it's kind of just like, you know, because biology, basically, we're all using the same framework. We came from the same root of the evolutionary tree. There are yeah. going to be some times when things interact uh, with our biology because we exist in an intrinsically biotic system. Right, right. Okay, so we're in this world where farts, farts are deadly. And um, so you uh, are in, out in the world, 
I was going to say, often I begin these scenarios by saying, uh, uh, you woke up in the morning, you wake up in the morning and your day begins, and now we're in this new world. But this one, I feel like uh, I'm not going <laughs> to... If you wake up in the morning and your day begins, yeah, we know what happens. Uh, and so you don't fart and kill yourself. Oh, okay, so if the first thing is, if you fart, you would kill yourself. That's actually a problem. Uh, actually, it is good to start with you wake up in the morning. <laughs> this is the situation has has emerged. So everyone yeah. has to wear a papper or a reverse papper. No, the, well, it depends what it is that's killing you, right? So context right. about the papper for those of you who haven't heard my story, um, the papper is a sort of HEPA filtered fan belt that you wear right on your lower back uh, when you're doing. Uh, in my case, respiratory virus work. I work with SARS-2 in a lab, and I work in a specific facility called the BSL-3, which is a higher containment facility. And I discovered something, which is that when you are fully, you know, plastic suited up with the papper on, you can't fart because it is a fan belt that's pulling air from behind you up a hose that blasts it down over your face so that it keeps any virus particles away from getting into your face. But then the problem is that it's going to suck up any farts and blast you in the face with them. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it was not a high point for me as a person. Um, but yes. So if, if it's a stink that's killing you, that's going to make it through the filter. So yeah, you're, the the papper is actually not your best bet. Right. Um, you, you would need some sort of uh, device that um, basically we would have some sort of we would be wearing pants that uh, I don't know somehow contain the. Uh, well, what's our mechanism of action? Is it stink based, or is it like this stink is so bad it's now a potent neurotoxin? Oh, that's interesting. What What do you think? We could go either way, right? Because, so, so far, I don't think there's a stink on Earth that is bad enough to kill us. Right. There's <laughs> things that are stinky and are deadly for other reasons. Right. Um, but so far, the stink is just sort of enough to short-circuit us, not enough to completely kill us. Right. So there has to be a little extra something-something uh, on the uh, the fart. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea of us taking a page out of the Bombardier Beatles book. And having something else in there that's just maybe not, you know, boiling acid, basically. But why don't we just throw some little weird neurotoxin in there for spice? Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Well, for instance, uh, just one quick side note. When you mentioned methane, isn't it that mm -hmm. methane is actually odorless? Um, so, in other words, they, in, in, for instance, we have methane gas in our stoves. And mm -hmm. they add... They add something into it so that you can smell it. They add a thiol compound. Yeah. And actually, so it's essentially the same kind of organic molecules that I was talking about before, not that specific one, but oh. they do add a sulfur compound. And actually, there's a professor at my undergrad university who was telling a story about how he and his lab were synthesizing some thiol related compounds for something. Right. And unbeknownst to them, the vents from their fume hoods went out towards the library and then got picked up by the library's like AC intake vents. And so next to them, the library got evacuated because they thought there was a gas leak, but uh, it was literally just the chemists in the next building yeah. making these stinky rotten egg smelling uh, uh, compounds. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and of course they chose, they theoretically, they could have put anything in the gas that comes out of your stove. Uh, they could have put a pleasant smell in there, but they put an unpleasant one because they want you to, 
It's, a, it's supposed to warn you that the stove is on. Yeah. Uh, and because it's detectable. We're very sensitive to that, that kind of bad smell. So yeah. like you don't need a lot of it to be able to be like, there's something right. wrong here. Right, 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 right. So yeah, okay. But, I, like, but, but when you say neurotoxin, now what's, what is that? Uh, we've heard that. In fact, I've heard that like in the news, sometimes you hear this term neurotoxin. But what, what is a neurotoxin? What does that do to you? Yeah, I mean, so I'm sure like, you know, specific neurotoxins have different, uh, you know, specific mechanisms, mm -hmm. just like any poison. Uh, but they're essentially either, you know, man-made or natural. They can be from either source. Uh, and it's a substance that kind of alters your normal nervous system activity. So, you know, disrupting uh, the signaling between neurons or even killing nerve cells. Uh, so then you get disruption and, you know, signal transmission and processing in parts of the brain uh, and other parts of your nervous system that are really important. So, for example... Uh, there are parts in your brain that are just focused on keeping your heart beating and your lungs working. And uh, you kind of don't want those signals disrupted because then you're going to drop dead. You don't have a conscious ability to keep your heart beating. Right. Um, so if you lose that, you know, lizard brain, you're donezo. Um, right. So right. the idea is having something that, you know, can maybe, I don't know, get absorbed through. My idea here is if we're going but silent but deadly, yeah. Something that gets absorbed through the nerve cells on the inside of your nose that are actually transmitting scent signals mm. to your brain and then kill you, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And then disrupts some other part of your nervous system processing and then you drop dead. Yeah. That's my so, hand-wavy fart neurotoxin. <laughs> fart neurotoxin. Um, uh, so... What uh, protective um, garments or, or outerwear do you don to protect first yourself and then others? Yeah, so two parts. One, I, I feel like this is something that, you know, people in this universe would probably have studied. <laughs> so it's kind of like the are we all wearing like activated charcoal pants? Uh <laughs> So activated charcoal is really good at binding to things. Um, it's why they say that like if you have take medication you care about, you shouldn't really be like eating activated charcoal because it will absorb your medication. Uh, mm. But it's also a thing that we use, I think, in poisoning cases. Like you get you eat some charcoal because it will bind some of whatever is like floating around. Uh, that's the least scientific explanation I feel like I've given on this show. Uh, but so the idea of like okay, well if you are now releasing something aerosolized or stench-related, uh, get it bound to the charcoal as opposed to uh, somebody's nostrils and kill them. Um, I'm also thinking of, you know, if the problem is, well, you shouldn't be smelling, um, some some other kind of, like, mask situation that's not the papper. Uh, um, yeah. You can still kind of smell with an N95, so not like that. But uh, if you wanted to really, really, really be safe, I'm imagining us all with like the diving bell helmet sort of things yeah. and like yeah. our own air supply that's filtered and not farted in. Right. Yeah, actually, you're, yeah, I hadn't even gotten to that part, which is that it makes more sense actually to just be wearing some sort of respiratory filter um, on your nose and mouth because um, uh, the pants, the, the, the charcoal pants, um, <laughs> uh, they... Um, uh, would only be good for your, well, it'd be good for your, it wouldn't protect you from other people. I'll just say that, right? Yes. You'd be protected. So you might, that might be a secondary device, you know, just for extra protection. Um, 
but uh, if you, you're going to wear some sort of breathing device, then you'll be safe pretty much wherever you go. So um, that's quite fascinating. <laughs> you would imagine you 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 witness this world and you see everyone walking around with these gas masks on of some kind, and um, it's not because the environment is particularly deadly. It's just because all the people are deadly to each other. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it makes yeah. me kind of wonder of like if it's a thing where. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't a problem for humanity when we weren't all close together. Right. So, you know, right, when we could right, be right. like more spread out, whatever the radius of this thing was, was like, fine, you just go walk somewhere else. Right. But now that like, as we live in increasingly more complex societies, we have to develop mechanisms to not kill each other with flatulence. Yeah. Yeah. Now I imagine, uh, and again, this may be a particularly American point of view, but I imagine um, advertising or, you know, products being developed uh, for this, just like there are things, you know, we have ads for a deodorant or dandruff ship, anti-dandruff mm-hmm. shampoos, and things like right? So there'd be some sort of thing. So what products might be developed that would be uh, sold on the market uh, for this situation? Yeah, so I'm thinking of a couple of things, actually. Um, and my head sort of went more, actually, to like some degree of like medication. Mm-hmm. So human beings, at least now, with our current understanding of science, uh, is that we're pretty okay at finding stuff that disrupts pathways, like finding a molecule that, you know, binds to a protein that's involved in the synthesis of our, you know, potential fart neurotoxin. So my suspicion is that there's, you know, if we're making this extremely specific, potent, inhalable neurotoxin, there's going to be some pathways that uh, are very specific to that that don't exist for anything else. Or they're going to be produced by specific commensal gut bacteria, things that live in our gut that are supposed to be beneficial to our health. Uh, So I think that either there's going to be antibiotics to specifically kill that, you know, species of bacteria that's causing your murder flatulence or a specific (laughs) drug for everybody else to take to inhibit their ability to produce that. Uh, which I think would be kind of neat to have everybody sort of universally need to agree on doing this in order to form a productive society. Um, Because in my head, I'm just sort of thinking of like masking during the pandemic, where some people were so resistant to a thing that just helps other people. Um, So I wonder if there would be camps of people who are resistant to... uh, you know, getting rid of their murder farts, that they're like, I was born with my murder farts, I'm going to die with my murder farts. Absolutely would. Yes, my freedom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's the ultimate freedom. Freedom to fart, you know. I could see that on a flag. Um, uh, But then other people have a flag that says, don't fart on me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a picture of a snake, just like the don't don't. It's still, but it's a picture of a hognose snake. (laughs) That's right. Very specifically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, as we come around the end here, uh, we, we jump way ahead as we do. We hit the pedal, put the pedal to the metal. Um, we eat a lot of refried beans and we jump into the future. <laughs> and uh, what does the world look like? First, one thing I was thinking was that there's, even with all these protective devices and, and procedures and all safety procedures and all this kind of stuff that would exist in the world, there would still have to be uh, emergency systems set up or something like that. You you could never assume that there would never be some sort of you know freedom farter that shows up 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, um, so I just put that out there. But what, what does the world look like? So you, you go out, out of your house now, you go about your day. What's the world look like in this uh, situation? Yeah, I feel like maybe a lot of people are still carrying like some backup, like protective, uh, you know, anti-fert system or yeah. like essentially like an EpiPen of like right. neurotoxin right. inhibitor that like yeah. Yeah. everybody's got one in case somebody lets it rip and we all have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also wonder if maybe there's some sort of like much like fire uh like extinguishers, the sprinkler systems. Yes. <laughs> there can be some sort of uh, fart suppression system in place. Yeah, the FSS. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, a crucial part of the infrastructure of this much more flatulent world. Pull the fart um, alarm. Or, or actually, you know, maybe it's not so much of a, a much more flatulent world because uh, maybe yeah. they're all a little bit more polite and mindful of it. Yeah. Um, I could imagine just though that, you know, it's going to be a really ridiculous segue. I think just like the public toilet is now a very dangerous place because you don't know what somebody did right before you got in there. And there's just like, you got to make sure everybody has the fan on or the whole thing. Like after everybody goes, air just gets vacuumed out, put back in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the the lines, lines to the bathroom are going to go insane. Yeah. yeah, The bathroom gets even worse because there's an airlock you have to pass through. (laughs) Every mm-hmm. time, uh, and multiple filtration devices. Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I also was thinking that, um, oh, I lost, uh, um, well, I, I had a great idea, but the, the fart went to my brain and neurotoxined it. it oh, out. sorry. It, it'll <laughs> come back. It'll come back. Um, so, uh, lastly, what do you think? What's the, uh, sort of take away from our visit to the civilization as you return when at some point you'll return to our normal world we're not there yet because we have safety procedures for that transition back to the normal world too um but uh what's what's the sort of message you might take away from having visited this world yeah well i would hope that in a world where they all have to cooperate to not do one thing to guarantee that they all survive. Yeah. I would hope that everybody is a little bit better about, you know, working with each other and maybe cares a little bit more about how their actions affect their neighbor. Yeah. Um, I think that might be actually a slightly more compassionate universe. Yeah. Or so I hope. Maybe it's just like, you know, you really don't like somebody, you go fart on them and take them out. <laughs> I, I can only hope it's the former and not the latter. I think you're talking about my sister when I was growing up. I'm not saying it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like sibling behavior. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I, I remember now what I was thinking. It was the in, uh, uh, my last thing is the, uh, the, in this world, there will be um, special restaurants. Or there will be like, you know, a, these, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, delicacies, uh, forbidden delicacies. So foods like beans mm. <laughs> or other things that make you fart. Um, and certain, there are certain cuisines in which, you know, there, there's more beans, let's say, than in other cuisines. Uh, and those kind of restaurants will, will be like fortresses and extremely expensive to go to. But people, people will go, you know, be like, you can experience these foods that you, you're not allowed to eat in the rest of society because they make you fart. Hmm. I, I could see that happening. I could see that. So another, oh, yeah. bus- another business opportunity um, for people. 
Um, Gabby, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this. Matt, I'm sorry you missed this. Matt is probably thinking, I am glad I am safe in my <laughs> volcano. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that there's no sulfur in there, too. Um, amazing. Uh, and uh, this episode sponsored by uh, Sulfur, I would say. You know it, you love it. Um, and thank you to Space Viking for this uh, genius idea. Uh, Gabby, do you have any uh, words of wisdom or warning for Space Viking and all our other... We have a number of listeners, I believe, in Sweden. Uh, I don't know wisdom or warning, but maybe invitation. You said you had 65, but we only got two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see the other 63 uh, ifs that you've got coming. I mean, I'm sure you can space them out, but yeah. I'm, I'm just sort of very curious because this one was already pretty fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for your, uh, your heartfelt and detailed notes and comments and critiques. That was all incredibly welcome. And I invite all of you who are listening, especially if you've never written in before, to be like Spice, spice Viking. <laughs> spice Viking. Sp space Take Viking. Two. Woo! Um, part on the brain. Neurotoxin on the brain. Um, and uh, write us. You can do that by simply going to whattheif.com and clicking on contact. Send us a note right from there. Or do like uh, Space Viking did, which is email us at feedback at whattheif.com. In fact, we don't get as many. Most of our comments come from through the website. We don't get a lot of emails. So thank you, Space Viking, for using that archaic technology as well. We appreciate it. Um, Gabby, anything you want to plug this week? Anything coming up or... No, I wish I had something to plug, but I am still, alas, unplugged. Still unplugged. The acoustic set continues at Rockefeller yep. University. Uh, I will be um, at the uh, World Congress of Science and Factual Producers. That's a television-oriented hmm. or and podcast-oriented thing. Uh, all kinds of people who create media uh, that's science-related. Um, as I do. Apparently, you're listening to it now. And uh, uh, that's going to be in Seattle in two weeks. Um, that is going, I believe that's, yeah, the 28th. So November 28th through December 1st. So if you're in Seattle and uh, you have an interest in that kind of science communication or anything like that, check it out, the World Congress of Science and Factual Producers. I'll be, I'll be on a panel about artificial intelligence and how people in television or documentaries, such as myself, are using it uh, to good and ill effect. Um, so we'll have more information about that next week. But uh, thank you all for listening. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet, I encourage you to go to patreon.com slash what the if and find out all the benefits you can get by becoming a member. Um, we have tiers at all different levels. It's extremely affordable. Um, and uh, you get all kinds of cool benefits, including a special show extended con extended content extended episodes um that we do only for patreon listeners and it has a new title thanks to space viking uh the patreon uh, extended episodes are called beyond the if i think that's fantastic formerly known as the post show for those of you who are confused um the show formerly known as the post show and uh <laughs> so check that out uh, patreon.com slash what the um, Gabby, would you help us with our closing ceremonies now? There's, again, another safety procedure, another airlock we have to pass through. What happens and why do we have a fanfare and other uh, rituals associated with it? Yeah. 
Well, as the fart alarms kick on and the <laughs> fart suppression system is activated, <laughs> we have to don our own private breathing apparatus. And in our little air bubble, we can't help but shout, What, what the Viking, thank you for allowing us to say the word fart over and over and over and over again. My 10-year-old self is thrilled and amazed that this should ever happen. Uh, anything can happen if you believe in it strongly enough. Thank you, Spice Viking. Thank you, Bill, who has been challenged by Space Viking to do, to, to ever hire uh, uh, quality ifs. And uh, just a shout out to all of you. If you're a brand new listener, Welcome. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. Feedback at whattheif.com. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>